please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right, everybody. Oh, my God. Hours after PodFest. We <laughs> saw a movie and we're doing a spoiler. Can you hear our voices? <laughs> this yeah. Is our I feel voice. like I'm like either I have a cold or it's exhaustion. I'm not sure which. I am. I have cold exhaustion. Yes. <laughs> I, so it's the day after PodFest. Mm. We literally just saw. Well, I just came from Blade Runner. Right. As I, did our guest. You saw it a couple hours ago. I saw it a couple hours ago. Okay. Yeah. So I um. I stayed at the hotel last night, you know, hung out for the closing party and uh, hung out, talked to the fans and thought, okay, well, you know, I'm staying in the hotel. I'll be able to sleep late. Nope. So used to getting up early. Body just woke me up early. So that's what I did. (laughs) I got home. By the time I got home, I dropped my buddy off. And then I like was too wound up. So I like had to eat a bowl of cereal and watch TV for like a half hour. So I went to bed Mm -hmm. a little after one. And of course, you know, I wake up at. Like an eight, seven thirty, eight o'clock. Yep, like, me too. Just sleep till ten. Yeah, I'm like I could have. I I had the alarm set for later, but uh, got up, checked out, went, uh, um, brought the merch back into the comedy film nerd's garage, and God then I went you, to sir. the movie theater. <laughs> um, I went surfing, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Uh, How were the waves? Nice. Caught a yeah. couple of sweet, mm-hmm. sweet waves. It's October. So today's Columbus Day or something. Was it the vacation? Sure. Some whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was beautiful. The beach was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then I came home and did a little work and then showered and then and then drove up here. Right. And admittedly, on the 405, I was like, maybe we shouldn't have agreed to this. <laughs> but now that I've seen it, I'm glad. I'm glad I've done it. But I literally was in the car. I was like tired. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like, why are you not... <laughs> Going to a six o'clock movie by your house and then be in bed by eight twenty. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you the movie theater for whatever reason the arc light it was an ice box in there and it made me reminded me of the Biltmore a little bit for some of those showrooms. Oh, the Biltmore <laughs> that we, the showrooms were either ninety degrees or right. thirty six. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> showrooms. It was bad. So and I was like, oh wow, must be the same heating and cooling people. Well, let's introduce our guest because we can talk a, a little bit about Podfest and then we'll get into this movie. Yes. Um, she, first time guest. First time guest. Um, international guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's from Norway. From Norway. <laughs> She's got a Norwegian accent. Hello, I'm from Norway. I am. Um, uh, she has a podcast called Tea with Alice. It's Alice Frazier. Hi. Yes, it is me. I am here. It is I. <laughs> from uh, you're from you live in Sydney. Yeah, Sydney, Australia. And you came. Just up for PodFest and other stuff? Or? Yeah, PodFest, a couple of gigs, some meetings with some fancy LA agents, oh, which wow. I'm just going for the tourist experience. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to be lied to in another country. Well, I've just, you know, you hear so many stories. I have friends here who've been out here for years just having meetings with agents that never go anywhere, and I feel like I should have that too. You need, yes. <laughs> you need a There's nothing like a Hollywood meeting that goes nowhere. Yeah. You really feel a part of show business, though. You get one of those when you uh, get off the plane. Yeah, they're like, we have a meeting. Big stuff happens. Yeah, you yeah. never hear from the person. So, yeah. You leave the meeting going, maybe. But yeah. if, if they say, I want to make you a star, I'm going to flip the table and then run. Because like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the next thing is we need to take some nude photos. Like That's the next thing. Yeah. You know, Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> I won. <laughs> um, so what did you think? This is your second year coming to PodFest, right? Third year? Yeah. Oh, my God. uh, To the one in Santa Monica or wherever that was. Oh, Uh, at the Delfino. Delfino. Yep. And then I came last year and this year. Last uh, year is when I met you because you introduced yourself to me last year and then... you, you, uh, I put you up on the stand-up show last year. Yes, that was so much fun. Cool, mm-hmm. uh, cool. It was a delight. So such a nice audience, such a nice group of people at Podfest. They are. They're fantastic. It's, it's the a, nicest it's a group. Great group. Of people. It is the really the nice. I can't. I was. I came home and was just like sitting on my couch last night and was. You know, I was like this weird, like I'm physically tired, emotionally, mentally tired, but then still have a little bit of a like adrenaline buzz. A little buzz from it still. Yeah. And just was thinking about how fun each day was and like how fun our comedy film nerd show. Oh, it's was. always a great show um, that and, uh, that you'll have already heard it by now. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see when it when it gets posted. 
Time means nothing. I don't know. I might, <laughs> I'm jet lagged. <laughs> I really have no idea. I'm flying tomorrow. I'm in different cities. I have no idea what's getting posted. So it might be upcoming. Yeah. Depending on when this drops. So hey, we're we're talking about time travel. Could be any time. <laughs> it could be. Any could be any time. Could, could be, be before, anytime. after. I left uh, Australia at uh, midday and arrived at 7 a.m. on the same day. Exactly. See? So See? So. Alice has been time traveling for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, that affects posting schedules. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we wanted to do the Blade Runner spoiler up early because um, it's a big movie. We all wanted to see it, right. and we wanted to get the information out there to you guys immediately. And also, I was like, I don't want to wait... Because all weekend, everyone's like, oh, my God, have you seen it yet? I know. Like, Fans up. were already I'm, saying, I'm like, you know, we've been kind of busy putting uh, this event yeah. together that you're here at. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, it is a, it's a big movie. It is a big, long, loud uh, movie with a lot of things in it. Yes. yes. All right. So let's get into it. So just for anyone who, for if this is your first time ever listening to the spoiler ups, we're going to talk about the ending. We're going to talk about key plot points. So if you have not seen the movie, I would suggest pausing and... Uh, and watch it and then come back. So you've been warned. Yes. You've been warned. First spoiler, Harrison Ford isn't in it for the first two hours. Yeah. Second spoiler, <laughs> Han Solo is not Ryan Gosling's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, let's talk about that, because that's obviously... It got a little muddy towards the end, a little convoluted for sure. I, I don't know. Well, I when they first said... Okay, um, so after he, you know his first mission, he goes and he kills David Bautista, which that was great. It right, was like that great, was cool. He was really good acting. It was also a throwback to the original movie, mm-hmm. where it's like uh, that's what the Blade Runners did. But you know, the Blade Runners back then had to do like a series of interviews mm-hmm. instead of just checking a serial number on an eye or whatever. Yeah, and the Blade Runners didn't know that they were Blade Runners, and now they do. And then you had yes. David Bautista with like the tiny glasses and big hands, right? <laughs> Gentleman, simply farming worms. Yeah, so mm-hmm. farm, he's a worm farmer. <laughs> <laughs> and I love too that the he's like you know Ryan Gosling is like he's like I'm just a farmer and he's like wait wait you got that thing it's a military thing on your side of your thing and he goes did you fight in that I forget whatever but you fought in this war or whatever did you fight in the Clone Wars yeah it was the Clone Wars <laughs> <laughs> it's like did you fight in the Clone Wars so that was a cool exchange. Um, you know, Dave Bautista is only in that one scene, but it was really... What I loved about that scene, too, is visually you got um, information immediately. Like when Ryan Gosling gets thrown through a wall and stabbed in the arm and he doesn't really right. uh, react. I'm like, oh, well, he's a replicant, too. Yep. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a, high, he's a newer... And they say it. He, he's like... David Bautista goes, how do you feel about killing your own kind? Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's like, well, you older generations or whatever they, mm-hmm. you know... Um, you older models. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get rid of you. Yeah, you go, well, because that's the graphic. They start <laughs> yeah. the thing. They bring you up to speed. There was a, right. there was the Clone War or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uprising. Was, the uprising. And they talk about the big blackout, mm-hmm. which sounded like it was probably intentional. It was very sort of... Yeah, Harrison Ford sort of set up that blackout in order to cover the tracks of his yeah. comrades. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, so the first thing that's... I mean, it's introduced rather quickly... Is especially for a two-hour, forty-four-minute movie, that they find a thing of bones under this dead tree, right? At David Bautista's worm farm, mm-hmm. and they go in and, and look, and this, they're like they establish, oh, this woman had a baby. You can tell from the bones and the right, the, right. And they're like, she, wait, that's a C-section scalpel mark. And then they go in right. even further, and it's like, oh, she was a replicant. Yeah, there was a they find a serial number on the bones. Although I don't know. When you do a C-section, I'm not sure exactly which bone gets cut into. So I, that was a little I <laughs> weird. I mean, for, yeah, for an army medic, I, yeah. he didn't seem to know where the womb is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't think very many women who get C-sections accidentally nick a bone. Right, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of other things going on in there other than bones. Um, so... It was a really interesting setup, the way everything kind of unfolded. And uh, the one thing I really did love about the film was the um, the setting, the tone, the atmosphere. Everything visually. really, visually, everything oh felt like God, a Blade Runner movie. Stunning. Yeah. It was so it was so beautiful. I'm so uncritical of movies. I just get swept up in them, and mm-hmm. I really, 
I really was, even though there was some sort of uh, the the noises were a bit much. The volume of the soundtrack was a little bit intense, uh, but like I thought it picked up really well on the themes of the first movie. Like yes, it, it did. The, for you know, sure. the idea of being God, creating man. You know, what is birth? What is life? What is a soul? All of that stuff I thought was fantastic. And, and then, Jared Leto didn't annoy me nearly as much as I thought he was going to. He was great as yeah. the like he's an AI building an AI army. So now, see, now, see, I think, I think, I thought he was human. He was human. a cyborg. He the- was, he was. Now, now, I got the impression that he was a human. He was the owner of the company, but he had a bunch of implants. Yes, and the reason that you thought he was a robot, Graham, is because he cannot act. That's, <laughs> that's what was happening. That's, just- a, that's <laughs> a great point. That's a very good point. I was tricked yeah, by very his robotic his, performance. His, yeah, his, you know, there's, there's some actors like Tom Hardy. You can put a mask on him, sure. and he can act his way right through that mask Mm -hmm. uh, and he proves it at every available opportunity Uh, but Jared Leto like even with eyes (laughs) (laughs) convey an emotion to save his life well that's I guess that was maybe that's why but I thought because there's a lot to sort of unpack in this film like I when they when when his eyes are I was like obviously his eyes are raw is bad or he's blind and then she plugs in the thing behind his ear and it puts a, a bunch of floating cameras then come out and then uh, that's 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 the impression I got. Like the the thing is about you know, a lot of this makes movie. Sense, though he would have to be human because that, now it all makes sense. Because of like if he was an AI and his eyes went bad, they just put in new ones. Right. Yes. Right. They yeah. would have to put some weird chip with some floating what, cameras. What I loved about it is that stuff like that. It was never fully explained. Like this is just the technology in the world. We're not going to fully explain how it works or when, where or when it's needed. We're just going to use it. And uh, but. It was done in such a way that it all made sense. Like there was nothing technology-wise where you went, well, that didn't, well, why would that work? There wasn't like a a magic flying carpet or anything in there where that didn't match. Like even like the cop cars when the the roof would come off and become like part of like the surveillance of the area. Like all that made sense. Like, yeah, that would make sense that there'd be like a robotic part of the cop car to support the police officer going into a... uh, uh, a hostile situation. So I, I really liked how they integrated this kind of future modern drone stuff and the visuals with the 80s displays, the command line yes. screens. That mm-hmm. was just beautiful because it sets it in the same world. They uh, did such a great job of saying we're 30 years ahead of our vision of 2019 from the 80s. You right. know what yes. I mean? Like, now, I was like, wow. Now, I, I won't say this would have been a deal breaker for me, but I would have been very disappointed had I not seen the giant Atari sign. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the Pan Am logo on the building. Right, yeah. You know, so like Peugeot. I don't know. Peugeot, Peugeot yeah, yeah. I don't know if those yeah. cars are out of business, but I was definitely <laughs> like the Pan Am and Atari. I was like, wow. Yeah. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, And then what they did of like, you know the 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 Los Angeles of 2019, as depicted in the 80s, was very dystopian. Obviously, right. So now it's worse. Yes, it's 30 years worse, but people are still like. Mm-hmm. It shows, I guess, part of it is the resilience of the human race, of people just like, well, I'm going to keep living in this mm-hmm. god awful environment, and uh, everyone's just talking about off world. And uh, I remember when uh, the original movie came out, uh, one of the movie reviewers described the world that was set up in Blade Runners across between Chinatown and hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, and really, because when you look at, like, uh, the, 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 the way the technology and the screens and then the way everyone's uh, shoved together, and then also, like, if you remember the original movie, there was, like, noodle shops everywhere. Right. So. And, and remember, when, in the... He was like, it's whatever that I forget. Harrison Ford when he's doing the voiceover is decorative, like it's that street language. It's a little Vietnamese, a little Japanese, mm-hmm. a little blah, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing that was so interesting that stood out is there's, you know, in the '80s, America was very much like, oh wow, Japan is taking over. Japan was becoming an economic superpower. Right. So it was Japan was buying up everything. It's so funny because it's like. <laughs> No, no. It'll be China in, <laughs> yeah. in 2019, folks. That's who's going to own everything. Um, and so that was sort of funny to me, but I'm glad they, they stuck with that. Now, let, let's get into the actual premise of the film, uh, Replicant Baby. Replicant <laughs> Baby, and he's got to find the Replicant Baby. Yes, and also um, it happens very early on in the search that he suspects he is the Replicant Baby. He suspects he's the... And yeah. I love they just went, he's a Replicant. 
Yes. Deckard's a replicant. Right. Like they just. Yeah. yeah I don't think it we was. We all watched the director's cut. We yes. All know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there was any ambiguity of whether or not Deckard was a replicant or not. I mean, he even said they're hunting us. Yeah. So, okay. Now, the only thing they didn't explain is as a replicant, why did he age? Right. So, they, they older model. Yeah. Older, older model ages. Do age, age. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, tears in the rain, all of that stuff. They sort of mm-hmm. got, got a bit uh, creaky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as they as they got older, I thought it was nice the way that Ryan Gosling died in that sort of reminiscent of that with the snow falling. I thought that was good. But so he was a copy of the sister. He was a direct copy of. Yeah, the, that was not. That, that's where it got a little confusing so, for me. So they they. He's obviously looking for the the replicant baby, mm-hmm. and then finds out um, that uh, there was a twin. Or see, this is where or I thought it got confusing. Or trail. they were just muddying the trail and muddying the records because they said we falsified and changed the records. So there was only one baby born, so, and they said there was twins, and one of them some, died. Something weird because they they make it a point to say, well, you know, there can't be two DNA matches, so there would only be one child so uh, but then it looked like well wait are they brother and sister <laughs> like like it kind of got it, it was deliberately cloudy like i wasn't exactly sure here's the other thing that's cloudy for me so when he first meets his sister now we he doesn't know and we don't really know that she's the sister she's this boy in a bubble uh, memory savant yes. right she makes them mm-hmm. she's the best memory maker out there right um and she's like i had an autoimmune thing so um but then the actual memory. So Ryan Gosling. Then there's that scene with, um, and I'm blanking on the actress's name that played the cop from House of Cards. She's fantastic. Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Oh, mm-hmm. she was brilliant. Oh, she was such she a was, good badass. There was mm-hmm. so, there were. I, I sort of feel torn about the women's roles in this because they were kind of either evil or sexy, and sometimes both. Uh, and it probably doesn't pass the Bechdel test because uh, they are always talking about Ryan Reynolds. But there were some amazing parts. There were some mm-hmm. really cool, meaty roles uh, for sexy, evil ladies. So, very good yes. sexy, evil ladies. And then his his digital... Memory. His digital memory. So so he's, so Robin Wright's like, tell me a childhood memory. And, he, and, he, and it was right. so interesting in this one because he's aware that he's a replicant. Like they really just, that's where they advanced from the first one. The first right. one was like, do the replicants know they're replicants? And when right. they find out, what do mm-hmm. they do? So this was just like, everyone's like, yeah, I know I'm a replicant. Yeah. Yes. So now what? And this memory has been implanted. I know this has been implanted, so why even tell you a memory that I know is fake? And she's like, mm-hmm. well, just tell it to me. And he tells yeah. it. And the memory is of hiding the wooden horse. Yes. And so then we find out that was actually- the, It's a real memory. It's a real memory. But not his. Not his. It's the replicant baby girl. That it's her actual memory. But right. My question here is: How did she get from the orphanage to the bubble? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. She has an autoimmune thing. Mm-hmm. Or She's does running. she? Oh, so that's what you're saying. Like they just concocted that to keep her hidden. And why yeah, did so she that implant? No one's gonna like scan her fingerprints or whatever because she's in a bubble. I don't know. So, that's a theory. Oh, uh, that's a good theory that's too. That's a very good theory. And then, like, why did she give Ryan Gosling the real memory? And she made it a point to say, "Well, I can't give you real memories; they're illegal. I can only fabricate ones." Does she know that she's the replicant baby? She knows she's, and she's waiting for them to like spring her out to spring the truth. Did she, did she did intentionally give Ryan Reynolds or Ryan? Ryan, Ryan <laughs> the so other was, one with abs. The other was, one yeah. with abs. The one, the not the wacky, sarcastic <laughs> <tall> Ryan. <one. laughs> uh, the, did she? That's my question. Does she know? Like, is she in on the whole conspiracy that Harrison Ford set up with Sean Young thirty years ago? Right. I think mm-hmm. she believes she has an autoimmune disorder, and when she finds out that she doesn't, she's going to be pissed. Because I would be. Right. Yeah. I've been in this fucking bubble for how yeah, long? It, yeah. it could be that she's just been there, like you were saying, for her protection and to hide her. Because that stuff, for me... Or maybe, you know, she is a replicant baby and she is the first one. Maybe some stuff went wrong in the genetic code and she does have a, uh, issues. She's deteriorating. So she, yeah, that, uh-huh. well, that's an interesting thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. I was just like, oh, because she is the first replicant baby. She's not that healthy. She's not as healthy, and she's out here. You know, she wasn't born, because we see how the replicants are born. They're dropped out mm-hmm. of that, that big 
jelly bag. Right. <laughs> and then creep Jared Leto just kills him like a weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Like that seems like as a CEO of a company. A waste of an you know, investment. Waste of in, yeah, it's kind of a waste that, of uh, investment. That's the one scene I didn't like. And not just because it's like, oh, it's but it's like it didn't I didn't like it and I didn't think it was I didn't get its purpose. Right. All the other stuff. Two hours and forty four minutes, I'm usually the first guy to say, trim this movie back. Yes. 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 I well, here's the thing you got to remember I too. It. I liked it too. The, you know, all even if you look at all seven of the Blade Runner cuts, you know, there's literally seven cuts of the original movie. Wow. Um, they're all. It doesn't matter which one you pick. They're all very slowly paced. So I expected a right. slower paced movie. If you're you're kind of true to the original vision of these films. So I didn't like, I like didn't, you know, the sci-fi scene, noir. Yeah, I don't like cruelty to women or children when it's gratuitous in movies. I don't like right. it at all. But, uh, you know, if it's if it advances the plot in any way. And this was like, she was a newborn baby and a sexy lady. And he just kind of yeah, it seemed, stabbed her in the ovary for, for symbolism. It made, it made right. no sense. It made, that was the thing. Because yeah. he's like, we want to overtake. You know, he's like, you obviously very, his first like crazy speech when we first meet him, you're like, oh. He, he seemed to we waste. We need to a, populate the worlds by making replicants self-replicating. Right. Yeah. So uh, why would I just and, I kill mean, this one? And that wasn't just one. He wasted another one too. He wasted the second Rachel. Yes. So uh, he had his uh, his his bodyguard uh, kill her too because the eyes weren't green. Yeah. So I'm like, wait. Well, you know what? Maybe you're just not a good businessman. Yeah. You said you <laughs> you can't make enough of them, but you keep ruining them. <laughs> yeah, so that, I didn't like that, and I, I didn't see the purpose of it. it right. It didn't make it... All, all the stuff... His dialogue, I was like, oh, this is cool, and he's it's bringing mm. up the whole sort of quandary of the, the themes of this movie and the and the first one, so that was cool, but that, I, that, I was like, there's no reason for him to c- kill her. Right. No, there re- yeah, there really wasn't, and... You know, if he's building them at scale, why is he doing them one at a time? If he's doing them one at a time, then they're precious and he shouldn't be stabbing in the ovaries. Right. Right. Like, you know, if you're going to do a monologue, just do the monologue. You don't need to be stabby about it. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I got your point. You could have him, you know, running him down a production line and throwing away the defects. Like, you could show him being callous in other ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, uh, yeah, I thought that was a little bit ham handed. I didn't like that so much. Yeah. But mm-hmm. everything else, I, again, I'm not super critical of movies. I tend to get really swept up in them. I did get uh, excited when I saw Harrison Ford finally show up on screen. I was like, all right, well, this is the, now the money shot. This is what we're waiting for. And I love to. The Although he asked for cheese. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's, uh, okay, interesting choice. But no, I, yeah. I <laughs> actually, I liked all that stuff because in this world where you're literally farming worms, I mean, they yeah. did that cool thing of <clears throat> when uh, Ryan Gosling comes home to his apartment and he's just got this bowl of gruel. Right. And then the digital nice the digital steak wife. <laughs> yeah. the digital wife brings the steak like, and Overlays it. Um, but so, I thought that was really interesting too, just, uh, you know, as a replicant. But you know... Not only replicants were using those, even humans, like just a, uh, a literally digital companion that would be in your uh, uh, in your home. And you had cameras that would project them depending on what room they were in. And then as an upgrade, you got like the the portable holodeck thing or whatever it was that, that actually then you could project them on the go. But also, too, it's like it shows the class structure of he didn't have the money to buy a living, breathing replicant. Yes, mm-hmm. you know he just has to get the the the, the VR, the vir- yeah, the, the 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 virtual one, and then you know he finally saved up enough to get the the upgrade where she could go outside. The pocket travel. Yeah, one. yeah, the yeah, the yeah, yeah, the dongle yeah. one. The, uh, the the iPhone version of the. Uh, yeah, I felt weird virtual that he companion. was never conflicted about his use of her. Mm-hmm. Because he's a replicant, or because he's a replicant, and the idea that you know either she's not a real person, in which case she's programmed to love him, and so he shouldn't necessarily have feelings for her, or she's a real person who's programmed to love him, and that's an issue. So, what, explain that further. What do you? What do you? What was your conflict in terms? Like, he he shouldn't have well, wanted or needed that, or well, what do you think? I think to the amount that he feels conflicted about how he is used to murder his own kind, he should also feel conflicted about his digital prostitute. Like, (laughs) you know, that he's got this lady who has no choice about whether to love him or not. Like, she's she's programmed to do what she does. Well, he doesn't sort of it goes into attributes her with a with a agency that she either has or doesn't have. Mm -hmm. But he never questions that. Like, that's never a a question. That's interesting because it's like at what point 
is it are you autonomous and are you a um ultimately a life form like well, yeah. are you are you a life form when you become physical like when you're a replicant or but are you a uh are you a life form when you're an AI when you're virtual? Like, is there a distinction? That's great, and and he does. You know, he is he's established with Robin Wright as this very obedient cop, and they show you too, which I thought this was cool. The uh, whatever they call it, the debrief. That's not the term they use, but yeah, figuring out your baseline. Or your baseline, right? Yeah. Your baseline. Right. So after each mission, you I was like, oh, this is how they what they've. Uh, established to make sure they don't lose their shit again. Yeah, how they monitor the replicants. How they monitor the replicants. So yeah. he goes through the baseline and he says all these things, which I thought was really cool. Am I clear? I'm clear. I'm clear. Whatever he yeah. says. It's like Scientology yeah. for replicants. It's like beat poetry. Yeah, 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 yeah it's beat poetry. He's a Jack Kerouac Scientologist <laughs> in the future. Um, so, yeah, he, he... So then he starts to break and he actually, he's like, you know, they're it's still, he's a replicant, it's 2039, but it's still like, I'm pulling you off the case. Like, there's right. still, yeah. still happening in the future with yep. Robin Wright as your yep. boss. Oh, my ulcer. Give me your gun in your badge. <laughs> your gun in your badge. I'm going to give you 48 hours. Yeah. You two hot dogs. Yes. And then, you know, like, um, so You're on leave. You're on leave. I mean, he had some lapses in judgment. I think his biggest lapse in judgment was not sleeping with Robin Wright when she was up for it. Oh that, yeah, that got a, yeah. I was like, uh, oh, is, I think she's proposing to you know propositioning him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, was about to. I was like, is she gonna just say, look, as your commanding officer, it's yes, time to I like, command I'm your you. boss. It's yes. time to like, get yeah, it. you got to Captain Kirk me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because as she did, I was like, oh wow, she if if. I was interested because, like, wow, she's pretty cold and heartless. I can imagine her just going, well, mama needs to have some fun. Fire up one of the robots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> give me the pretty one. You know? Yeah. Like, well, let I, me I finish thought, this bottle and we'll go to town. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, like, the redemption of her kind of hard nut character. Like, you could see her motivations. I thought that was a really mm -hmm. nicely drawn character. She didn't want to start a war. You know, she knew that they were using these replicants as slaves and... Mm. And she was, you know, she gave them some humanity. She's like, you're doing fine without a soul, you know. And and clearly she gave him the choice of whether to sleep with her or not. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think she had a quite a strong sense of the humans as, uh, the, ro uh, the replicants as having some mm -hmm. humanity to them. Even though she was very much like, we will start a war if we let these people know that they are people. Right. Right. Mm. That was interesting. And so... Um, but I want to get back to your point because I think it's a really valid one about how he should have maybe had the, the dilemma in his head about his, his digital girlfriend prostitute or whatever that thing was because mm -hmm. he obviously, <clears throat> when he thought he was the baby right, and she, and she pulls him off the case and she's like, what the hell have you been doing? And he's like, I, I did your, you know, I killed the baby. And he lied. He yeah, flat he out did. lied to her mm -hmm. to protect himself and to protect, you know, at that time he thinks he's the baby and protect Harrison Ford or whatever. Um, so then... There's a lot of like religious and creation connotations here. You have like, you know, basically an immaculate conception. You have followers. You have... Um, you know, all sorts of like uh, kind of like Christ symbolism in it, which was which I find interesting always in science fiction when the religion and science fiction kind of mesh like that. Um, I also like because so ultimately they were looking at the baby as the Messiah, as right. the coming of like a new age. Mm -hmm. And um, I was a little then. The other thing that got a little muddy for me, so at the end. So the a lot one, of water at the end. There's a lot. There's the whole water. I don't know why they're on suddenly it's, it's, on this weird boat. Yeah, and um, it's, it's like a long time to finish the water scene. So there's the the Wallace, you know his his you know killer replicant. Right, hottie. Hottie assistant. Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love. yeah. Love, right? She's a badass and is right. A, apparently, that actress seemed like a pretty decent martial artist. Yes, yes. Uh, and apparently she can go into a police station and uh, kill somebody and take a bunch of bones and uh, 
Killing not the on yeah. The yeah. Angelica Jolie <laughs> said nothing. Apparently, nothing's on camera. Nothing. Uh, no implications. No one's stopping her. Yeah. No, even no even reaching for the red button. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> like if we're gonna go yeah. with the classics. <laughs> I, I I would say too. It kind of makes for a bit of an ineffective police force if one replicant can do that. Right. <laughs> and then, so then the girl, the pink-haired girl, that's a that's an actual prostitute. There, she's very much sells herself as I'm a real human and she's like oh to, to Ryan like oh you only like fake girls or you don't like real girls yeah, or whatever yeah. she says so then at the end there's this underground replicant rebel force right you know living in the sewers or whatever that found him through the tracker that, found that, him she, the put, tra- that she, that she put, put in, in, in that, his coat but then that was the, how they the baddies tracked him as well I was yeah. a little confused well, see I don't that was my question like so there's this there's this rebel now, army see that, now I, I don't think I think they tracked him in a different way I think the tracker uh, was for the rebels to find him okay uh, but my question here though is so there's the rebels and then the the Jared Leto's you know Evil corporate, Evil uh, corporate empire uh, goons. Yeah. Again, but, why would you send your PA, like your 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 personal assistant, your PA, to do your assassinating? Like, who's gonna yeah. do the filing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's going to keep your appointments in yeah, order? Yeah, scheduling. There's a lot of logistics. <laughs> I mean, well, happen. the problem is when you keep killing your own replicants, you have a staffing issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The one, if this one that came out of the bag wasn't up to snuff, just give her yeah. a data entry gig. Right. You don't have to cut her. Yeah. You don't have to kill her. Yep. So, you, have, you have to go to ZipRecruiter. <laughs> a fine sponsor. Yes. Um, like, not a lot of staff in the uh, Wallace Corporation no, either. There's just yeah. one pool and then... Make them. I know. And there's one pool room where there's just one platform of uh, wood, and then uh, there's water I, Visually, everywhere. I loved it. I yeah, was just yeah. like, this is great. But, but that's my question. So... Wouldn't wouldn't Wallace and the underground replicants be all working towards the same goal of a replicant army overthrow of of the humans? Well, no. I think I think no? the I, here, here's what I where, here's why I think the this, this, the uh, the distinction is, uh, and it's one of them is for uh, it's because for different purposes. Wallace wants the uh, the baby so he can have replicants replicate each other. And just make more money. So as a as a corporate greed kind of thing. Whereas uh, the rebels want the baby the as the Messiah to bring in a new age of equality for replicants and humans to live in a new age. Oh. So okay. that's that's kind of the distinction I got for them. So then the, the then the character, the one eyed late leader of the rebel replicants. Yes. Sexy French lady. Yeah. Yes. What I, I felt, mean, they I should felt, have. I they felt, should have found her another eye by well, now. <laughs> it's, uh, no, but I felt like there was more to that character. I was was she more from the first one? And I just it's been so long since I've seen it. Or well, I think there's also maybe the first cut came in at three and a half hours, <laughs> and uh, I was like, look, you got to get this under three hours. So there might have been more that um, there that we we yeah, didn't I get. Yeah, I feel like they were part of the same gang uh, or uh, who fought in the wars, who got traumatized and wanted to be human. That Rutger Hauer was part of. Right. Chaim uh, mm-hmm. Abbas is the actress um, who played the one-eyed lady. But they might have been the next generation because they didn't have an expiry date built in. Mm-hmm. Or they figured their way around the expiry date, maybe. I don't know. But she was. I think she was part of that original gang with Dave Batista who right. Harrison Ford hooked up with when he ran away with Rachel. That's mm-hmm. my backstory. Mm-hmm. That's my <laughs> fan fiction. Uh, but, it's uh, all possible. I mean, the one thing that... Uh, uh, for sure, this movie it definitely leaves some stuff up to interpretation, um, which is nice. Yeah. All right, so let's let's talk. It'll keep the internet busy for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the ending because they obviously. Now I, I think it's you know a lot of people are saying like any you guys too like you know well Ryan Gosling died at the end and I'm thinking. Kind of, but like he was wounded. He is a replicant. Could he have survived? Is there going to be another one? Like, it, I don't think he it was survived a, everything else in this I movie. I was going to say, it didn't seem like it was a definitive death to me. I feel like it was because he did that looking inside your coat, seeing the injury that you've been hiding. So you think moment, that was. Which is the moment of, oh, he's dead. So you think that's it? Okay, that's And he's also done. the, like, yeah, he, he because it echoed Rutger Hauer's death scene so much. I got gotcha. you. In the rain. The snow, the yeah. rain, and the okay. flying back, and the not blinking, and the that stuff. I well, thought. well, that makes more sense as far as a. Uh, maybe it is more definitive. So then Harrison Ford 
goes to the bubble to see his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes. And doesn't say anything. Doesn't say and anything. And then they immediately cut, which is good because I know people who've met their absent fathers after many years and it's not a pretty scene. <laughs> <laughs> Were they in bubbles? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, but uh, I, I reckon that she's going to flip a table. It's a good thing there's no furniture in that yeah. bubble. <laughs> I love the line going, so this is talking about when Ryan Gosling comes to Vegas, which I love the depiction of future Vegas that is now Amazing. an abyss, an yes, apocalypse. Yeah, it's just it's like statues. ghost naked. town. It's just this, yeah. like, they made Vegas even worse. Right. Like, just, <laughs> sleazy and radioactive. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Just like 50 foot naked lady statue. Like That's um, where the first bomb fell. Yeah. You know, that's you get that impression. Um, justifiably so. So, but then they, they obviously found some old Vegas hotel and he's got, I love that digital, like they're in this old Vegas lounge, but there's a digital Elvis, but it's cutting in and out. It's like, right, right, more, yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah. that was cool. All the yes. technology is uh, old and uh, barely functional. But I love that, you know, in 20, whenever that was built, 2019, uh, they're still pushing Elvis. Yes. You know, 2020, <laughs> you know what I mean? 2030, whenever they... Sinatra, Monroe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're uh-huh. still like, uh, they're, we're still pushing that in Vegas. Yep. So... Golden age. So when they finally stop, when they stop fighting and they sit and have the drink and, and Ryan's like, hey man, what's up? You know, tell me about it. And and Harrison Ford's bullshit. And he goes, I, th- I thought you'd be more direct. And Harrison Ford stops the, the games and t- starts telling him, and he's like, you you abandon your daughter. And Harrison Ford says... Well, he's thinking you abandoned me at yeah, that point right. in the narrative. You abandoned your kid. Yeah, that's right. Why he doesn't just go, daddy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and and he goes, some, you know, how, how, are, how did he put that line? It's such a great line. Sometimes... Sometimes to show love, you got to be a stranger. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. It was to protect him. Yeah, it was such a powerful... Protector, yeah. Such a powerful line. And, um, and even more powerful... Later, when you find out that Ryan is not the baby, that it's no. the bubble girl. Right. So then cut to the end of the movie where Harrison Ford walks into the bubble lab and they just see each other. Does she know? I mean, that's my, that was my question. Obviously, they just like you said, Alice, they just cut to black, which is kind of cool because otherwise she's going to go, where were you for my prom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my bubble prom. You know, I had to hide a wooden horse. Where were you? Yeah. Um, uh, did, does she know? Does she? Does she? Does she know she's a replicant? Does she? Is or is that all just going to be explained? And we we already know it as the audience. So why don't we just go to credits? I think that's. I think that she doesn't know. I uh, think she's. It is that moment of seeing a stranger who looks vaguely familiar. Sometimes you have like, oh yeah, you seem like a cool person, and then he's going to be like, I'm your dad, and then she'll flip the table. Yes. <laughs> all right, and then my other question here is the horse with the June 10th, 21, 2021 date on it, which right. is also carved into the base of the tree. Yes. Right. That's a real horse. They hired... No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I love that thing, too, and that also harkens back to the first one when he, when he goes to get the horse and the guy's like, dang, this is actual real wood. It's worth money. Mm-hmm. And it's the guy from the... Uh, it's the Smalley actor from the uh, pirate movie with Tom Hanks plays that shopkeeper playing mr badger was it yeah mr badger yeah (laughs) which is great Mm -hmm. uh and i love that he's speaking whatever language what was was that movie captain something um yeah the tom hanks movie captain anyway captain jack yeah (laughs) captain jack tom hanks did a wacky comedy about somali pirates um i'm gonna look that up while we talk about that so the thing I had a I had a quick uh, question of um, the um, I'm, gonna, I'm on Tom Hanks's page. They also had another creepy eye scene, which they did reminisced from the which 
I, I don't like creepy eye stuff. <laughs> Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. That's the movie, Captain mm. Phillips. Yeah, they had some creepy eye stuff. They mm. love pulling out eyes in these right. in this franchise. Well, that's right. You know, apparently the serial numbers are on everything. I don't know why it has to be eyes that they keep checking. Um, the most creepy. They were on the bones. They were, yeah. So he finds, so she puts the memory, that me- was her memory that's, I, I don't think she put it in there. Someone put that memory in his brain. Mm-hmm. But that horse had been there this entire time. Yes. I think, yeah, so she created the memory, which is illegal. I think... It was her memory. It was an actual memory. It was her, memory. Memory. It was her yeah. actual memory. She and, lived it. And she got it into him, which was supposedly illegal. Like, oh, we can't put real memories in you, because that was the, she made a point to say that, whereas she was actually creating fake memories. And I love the explanation of why they did that. It's like, well, a replicant. Why do they need memories? And it was... They said even the fake memories give them the uh, emotional baseline to react and to live their lives normally. So even the fake memories are needed for right. that. So you're supposed to be a cop. Let's give you a memory of fighting, fight, sticking up for yourself when you're nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like right and wrong and justice. So that scene. Um, I wonder what they do for the admin ones. Give you yeah. a memory of yeah. enjoying filing. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> ever since you she have was lep- three, she loved collating. She had a lemonade stand. Yeah, was- yeah exactly. They run a lemonade stand. They keep the books at the haunted house. Right. While all the friends are dressing up as ghosts. There's the one kid who's like, I'll keep the books. Yeah. Um, but so uh, the going to the so that's a question. So was Ryan his character K or Joe? Was he a part of this grand conspiracy, conspiracy from, you know, uh, 20 years ago? Like we're like planted in his brain. And when we're ready, then we'll get him on the case to find the girl. And then when the revolution starts, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a great question because I'm not sure because it, it kept going back and forth. He is connected to it. No, he's a red herring. No, he's connected. No, he's a red herring. But, you know, it could be something like, well, he's he's a good cop. We're going to give him all these clues and have him uncover it all. Right? Because it felt like mm-hmm. because then he um, goes to the orphanage, which that was an amazing depiction of the future. Yes. It's just child labor. Child labor. And right. that actor who I really like. Who uh, plays the bad boss of the yes. child labor facility. He was a great, like a cringing, awful Oh, and he said Bully. stuff like, uh, "Like, oh no, I encourage playtime." Yeah, oh, <laughs> it makes them more God. nimble. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, and oh. then the kid drops and breaks something, and all the kids are panicked oh, like, that yeah. they're going to take a beating. But because the cops there, he's like, "Oh no, worries," you know, and it's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> he's a proper Fagan, like a real old school Fagan uh, oh, character. Yeah, Lenny James. Oh, he's from Walking Dead. Yeah, he's from Walking Dead. He's a mm. really solid actor. Yeah, and again, doesn't have a huge scene, but it's. It's effective. It's effective. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Gosling scene when, when and, and he says something creepy before Ryan Gosling pulls out his LAPD badge. He's like, "You want to buy the kids?" Or it's like, "Oh, uh, it's right. awful." And then Ryan shows him the badge, and then he's like, "Uh oh." And then he, punches, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not doing anything <laughs> wrong. And he punches him with the with the the gun or whatever. He punches him in the face, and then he goes, "I'm gonna put a bullet or." Right here, points in his, his forehead, and I'm gonna open up your brain or look inside or something yeah. right. like that. And I was like, oh god, that was, and so much for good cop, bad cop. Right, and Gosling though <laughs> delivered it pretty even throughout the whole movie, which was good. I think that yes. was like good acting and good good acting and directing choices of like you're a replicant, right? Um, so that when he does start to uncover it, thinks he's the baby, lies about it to Robin Wright. His uh, his containing that as a replicant, but having the uh, emotional and moral quandary, like he really did a fine, he did a, such a fantastic job with that. He did do a great job. Yeah, and opening such a up good his choice. emotional range uh, is really interesting because if he's not the baby, then up until that point, his kind of being the replicant, being the robot replicant has just been a performance because he knows that's who he should be. And the moment he starts to kind of unpack it, then it's like, it's this whole thing. But yeah, again, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I feel like that should have changed his relationship to the sex worker robot right. lady. Mm. Right. Uh, but there you go. Like, that's just me. That's just my... It's a, it's a valid thing. It's a valid thing because, um, you know, he's he's... 
that relationship was sort of interesting. And it, it, you know, she is sort of, obviously she's, this, she's looking out for him. Yeah. She loves him. She's programmed to she's do programmed this. programmed to love him. Um, and he seems sort of, he likes it, but he's ambivalent. And I feel like that should have, but although it was interesting because their relationship did sort of arc a little bit because she's like, well, we need to do this and I'm going to stay with you. And then he's like, I'm getting rid of the antenna. And then uh, I'm putting you on my mobile thumb drive, but then, but if you if that gets destroyed, you'll you'll lose me forever. There's because there's no, no see, backup. He said that. He mm-hmm. said to her, "If it gets destroyed, you'll die." And she mm-hmm. says, "Like a real girl." So you know, she has some development and some arc. Yeah. I just don't know how he kind of he should have had more engages yeah. with that yeah. kind of dilemma at all. If he do- well, he doesn't. So I guess right, which was interesting. It was. I, I want to say to visually. How they depicted her, especially over the uh, the actual prostitute. When the, they did uh, that, I was like, "Wow, that was really interesting." And what did you say to me? I Alison? leaned over <laughs> and I said, "I think I have fetishes now that I didn't know existed." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sexy real lady, ghost lady. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> It was it was really and I, I love too like it would like it would be in sync then it wouldn't be in yes. sync like yeah. it's wow. like well oh gosh we need an upgrade for this I'm like I was I kept thinking like man that must have been one wild how they sh- they just shot this scene twice with the two different actresses and then layered I, it in or something yeah <laughs> I want to have four arms and two equally but differently beautiful faces yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so that was uh that was cool and um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I think. The thing I, why I really liked it was it did what the first one did. It left you asking all of these questions, not because it was slapped together or poorly written. You know, like oh, they blew that. the The only the only thing I think was just like as we said was a flat out mistake was when Jared Little ki- killed that one. That 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 I didn't like that. Right. I, I thought that. I was think we're on the same page on that scene. <laughs> but well, the rest of these questions that that you're left with. I don't know. I I like a movie that does that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I thought it was really good for a movie that was that long. It didn't explain a lot, but I think that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 again, all that stuff visually, it was in tune with the movie from thirty years. Like how they did that took so much thought to go and care and care. This mm-hmm. movie. This is the world we created thirty years ago. It's thirty years in the future. What would it look like? What would it look like? But we have to go 30 years on their timeline. Right. Because their timeline is different than what actually yeah, happened. It's not going to look like Star Wars. It's not going to look like Star Trek. It's not going to look uh-huh. like any of those things. It's going to look like Blade Runner that yeah, so and many years all of, later. A lot of the themes and then also just using that kind of film noir background to yes. fill in. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Like, you know, we're in the air. We're living in 2017 right around the time when that movie. T- like the world doesn't look like that. You know, like no. it's gonna soon. Yeah, but, it, but, it, but so that I mean, you that know, was, it's I, like 1984 got a couple years off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but that one was so cool, and that's why I was like, wow, they put and when 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 the we first all saw the trailer, and I was like, Ridley Scott and Dennis Villeneuve uh, working together. You know, we've talked on this show before of like, you know, after the last. Last couple Ridley Scott films, I don't, you know, I was like, man, I don't know what's up with this. There's cat. something about those young gun directors who get, you know, so much praise for their early work, and then they just have no one saying no. Yeah, I think there's some of that. I think there's some of that. And for this movie, though, he just I did say- a good movie, though, Ridley Scott. What was the? It wasn't. I, it's not. It wasn't an alien movie. No. It was. Uh, wasn't it? Who did The Martian? Oh yeah, that was Ridley Scott. Yeah, I think it was Ridley okay. Scott. Yeah. All right, that's that's. Um, let me bring up his. Let me I know up. you're thinking of the Alien movies. The alien <laughs> so, movies uh, so yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure he did The Martian. Um, I want to see if he directed that or if he was a producer on that. So, well, let's let's go with uh, director. Um, no, he directed The Martian. Yeah, that's what we all loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like okay, yep. Ridley Scott, right on. Fun times farming movie. Yes. Yes. But, <laughs> and, and great science fiction and great like what yep. what if 
Yeah. How would mm-hmm. this happen? Yeah, I thought that movie was like a real ode to the power of science. Yes, like hard, hard science procedural fiction. procedural science. Like that's kind of how mm-hmm. he survives is just the next thing and the next thing and there's a team and their commute. Like the whole thing, I, I love that. Uh, this is not about that. Alien Covenant. Obviously. <laughs> um, but so that, my, I guess then that was why, you know, my question going into this movie, just off of the, the first trailers I got, I'm in. But I think it really worked. You see the best of Ridley Scott. You see the best of Dennis Van Vue work. Right. You, like their strengths coming together, you know, and making a, a really a really cool movie. Well, they're For both sure. incredible visual directors yeah. as well. Yes. And that could bump into each other. And it really didn't. It kind of I mean, expanded. I, if it is going to get an Oscar nomination for this film, I think... Uh, Production design for sure, yeah. for sure. For It'll sure. be production design. Sound design, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> you thought it was just too... It was like they took the sound of a plane landing, took it down an octave, and then layered it into an orchestra. Yeah. It was, like the it was a lot of loud stuff. You know, the inception noise, but then they made it into a tune. It was just <laughs> uh, too much, too much. Uh, I mean, the DP was Roger Deakin, so I think... He's, he's done a few movies. He's done a few. <laughs> he's gotten a little a couple of Oscar things here and yeah. there. I think he's going to get a nod, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to get best picture. Um, maybe best director. Best director, maybe. Mm. Uh, I think. Well, Harrison Ford uh, would be supporting. Supporting. Uh, I didn't think he did very much acting. No, I don't. I, I don't think. Uh, I think Gosling could get best actor, but we haven't seen who's coming. We haven't seen what's yeah. coming on the pike. It, Mo- you know, genre movies. There, it's an uphill climb anyway. But I think they'll they'll definitely get some technical nominations for sure. For sure. Yeah, it was so immersive. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see that world. But or below the line, uh, nominations. Um, all right. Well. Uh, I think that's just about it. I don't have any. I think else. we covered a fair amount on this film, including questions. Including, we went through yeah. a lot of questions. So, uh, Alice, where can people find you online? Your podcast, everything. Yeah, my podcast is Tea with Alice. It's available at all good podcast outlets. Uh, my uh, website is alicefraser.com, and I'm on Twitter at alliterative a l i t e r a t i v e. Fantastic. I never <laughs> find that easy to spell. I should have picked a better name. I will. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, yeah, know, all this minute. way for the festival In, and into then the doing hot, this into the hot garage, the hot garage, mm-hmm. and listening to our two uh, raspy voice tired yes. guys talking about <laughs> this movie. That is all right. But you We're guys on the same brought level. snacks. I'm still jet lagged. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was awesome, and uh, you guys love to hear your comments on what you guys all thought of this movie. Absolutely, and if you guys have any other theories too, definitely yeah, yeah, let us yeah, know yeah, on yeah, Facebook yeah. or Twitter yeah. because uh, there's a lot of them going around the internet right now, and everyone's got kind of like a, a slightly different take, which is cool. Just so you know, since we had to do this, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow, so we couldn't do this at ATC. So there's no video for this; it will not be on YouTube. So there's just this audio version of it. Mm-hmm. So, but, but enjoy really it with your ears. And I have two really pretty faces. She's yes. <laughs> and four arms. She's four arms. <laughs> and she's not digital. Yes. <laughs> or am I? Oh, oh <laughs> credits. <laughs> thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for doing Thank it. Thank you. And uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember Han, Han shot, shot first because he was a replicant. Or did he? <laughs> did he have a baby? Maybe. We're going to find out in December. <laughs>